The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Good evening or good morning or good afternoon whenever you're listening to this out in podcast land. Happy New Year. 2023 is here. And VCU ends 2022 and starts 2023 1-0 in the Atlantic 10 Conference. And that is the most important thing about that. But before we start the proper bit of uh, Rams Rewind here on Podbean and any of your other uh, podcast platforms that you're listening to, first, if you like what you hear and you want to shoot us a little dinero and support this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you do. There's a link in the description. Uh, there's a tip jar on Podbean. And if you want to support us like that, that's great. Uh, this particular podcast is done with a heavy heart because as I was watching the replay of this game, one of my friends from my days at Virginia Commonwealth uh, sent me a message with some awful news. Uh, former guard, two-time all-conference player, two, uh, one-time all-tournament team player, Willie Taylor – who was part of the group of players that helped dig VCU out of the hole and bring them back to the top of the Colonial Athletic Association before things really got rolling under Jeff Capel, right at the end of Mac McCarthy's time and going over to Jeff Capel's time. Willie Taylor passed away uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll be New Year's Day. And um, that kind of got me more than I thought. I didn't know Willie Taylor at well at all, uh, but – in those days, uh, the VCU basketball players and most of the VCU athletes were in the Gladding Residence Center where I stayed and where a lot of my friends stayed. And even if I didn't know many of the uh, athletes personally, a lot of my friends did. And a lot of them knew Willie Taylor and heard nothing but very good things about him uh, and his time at VCU and I just feel very awful, not just for my friends that knew him, not just for Willie Taylor's family, but in particular for the players on those teams because one of the hallmarks of those Rams teams as they, you know, as they climbed up the conference was that they were a family. They were a close group, and they were a really tight-knit group. And Willie Taylor is an integral part and is an important part of VCU history. He was a transfer from Georgetown, got to VCU in 2000, and in that first season averaged 12.6 points. He averaged over 17 points the next two years, both of the next two years, 2001-2 and 2002-3. Made all-conference both of those years. He was second-team all-conference in 2002, and he was first-team all-conference in 2003. Um, 2002's team – won 20 games, and that had been the first team for several years that had done that and made the Colonial Athletic Association uh, tournament final where, unfortunately, they got skunked by UNC Wilmington. 
But that was a very good team. And uh, that was Mac McCarthy's final team. And had he not been fired, that team might very well have been in the NIT that year. Uh, they finished 21 and 11. Uh, they were, they were a really good team that season, just sort of, it was a slow boil kind of a season and they really were playing well at the end of the year. Unfortunately, uh, they ran into Brett Blizzard who at his time in the, at UNC Wilmington in the colonial was one of the best players I ever got to watch play. So that was tough. And then the next season, you know, VCU ends up tied for second in the conference and loses a semifinal thriller to Drexel a game. I was at. Uh, where I think it was Robert Battle hit a big shot right near the end of the game to beat us. And he was all-tournament team that year, Willie Taylor. He, he, the only one that was not in the final that got that distinction because he'd had a great tournament uh, in those two games. And um, I'm just I'm just a little, I'm just heartbroken tonight because it's yet another person uh, that was a contemporary of mine at VCU that's gone way too young. And um, – I just feel I just feel awful for so many people and just heartbroken for so many people that that's happened. But again, you know, this this sustained period of success and for me it starts at year year 0 or year 1 of that success without a doubt is 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 that 2002 team. You know, to win 20 games, to get to a conference championship game. Uh that was a that was a that was the moment. That was the watershed moment that okay, VCU's had their dip, and now they're coming out of it. And of course, you know we've just passed the 20, 20 year anniversary of that team, and it's been almost uninterrupted success since. Uh, you know, culminating with a Final Four in two thousand eleven, and a move to the Atlantic Ten thereafter. That's been very successful for VCU. So you know, Willie Taylor was an integral part of that. He was a major part of that, along with guys like Dominic Jones and Bo Jones, L.F. Lickaleadoff, and so many of those other guys from that time. And they should be a little more treasured and cherished than maybe they are. I don't think they're forgotten, but uh, I think they should be a little more celebrated than what they are because that was, that was the moment that VCU's basketball program became respectable, respectable again, and those were the building blocks that we're building that eventually led us to that unbelievable moment in 2011. And Willie Taylor was a part of that. So rest in peace, rest in power, Willie Taylor, um, and, and prayers to his family and his friends and especially his teammates that he played with because they will be hurting tonight. They will be, you know, they will be just desperately, desperately sad to see one of their own go. And again, too young you know he's he's a little younger than i am i think he's a couple years younger than me i'm 44 so that is a, that that's i hate to start out with something like that tonight but i think uh it's only right that we honor somebody who's you know an important contributor to this program and an important contributor at a time when we really needed it um so god bless you and godspeed willie taylor now let's get to the game itself and it's tough this is this is it's weird because they end up winning they end up pulling away in the second half and they end up scoring what 80 points and in a lot of respects there's a lot of reasons to feel really good about this game but it wasn't as crisp as the navy game was and remember we, they were pretty bad the first 10 minutes of the navy game and then the last 30 minutes I thought they were absolutely fantastic um uh, not as much today i mean they 
they they it took a lot longer for them to get their stuff together and to get their nose in front for good in this game. And it pretty much was in front for good when they get the three-pointer from Zeb Jackson right at the end of the half. And my goodness, what a game Zeb Jackson had. You know, Jaden Nunn's in foul trouble and only plays 10 minutes tonight. So Zeb Jackson had to get in there. And one thing we're seeing, we're starting to see, is that Zeb Jackson and Ace, Ace Baldwin as a backcourt works, especially – because especially even though, you know, Ace is probably used to having the ball a lot in his hands, I don't think there's any question that that the two of them together can still be a very effective backcourt. Of course, that that's tough for, you know, none to get in there and some of the other guys to get in there if that's the situation we go with. But Zeb Jackson, again, was tremendous tonight off the bench. You know, he and Nick Kern came into the game pretty early when VCU started not very well. And I thought, you know, I thought Zeb was just terrific uh, tonight. And he ends up with 14 points and three assists. Three assists tonight, six of ten from the field, two out of three from three. And that's the other thing. You know, VCU, uh, the three-point shooting again, there were a couple of bad takes. Most of these were good shots tonight. And most of these were the right shot in the offense. And they end up eight of 19, which is not going to knock anybody's socks off, but actually – you know, that's 42% three-point shooting for over a season would be pretty decent. And, and they again, most of them were good shots. And Ace Baldwin makes five of them, makes five out of eight. Goodness. And, again, one of them, I couldn't believe he took it. It was in the corner, and it was probably not a good shot. But there was also a couple that he took that were good shots, and then you thought they were going in, and they didn't. Uh, he was he absolutely had a fantastic game, especially in the second half, scoring wise. He had four assists in the first half against one turnover. I love that. But you know, he he had this he had one of the stat sheet stuffer games tonight. Baldwin not to go with 19 points. He gets four boards, six assists, and four steals. How about that? You know, first ever Joe double double for Jalen Deloach, excellent. 14 points, 13 boards. He gets a couple steals and a couple blocks. So again, you know, starting to Stuff all those stat sheet areas. And think of this. They were one for eight to start the game as they fell behind early again. And we'll, we'll pick on that knit, knit a little bit more in a bit. But they were 30 of 56 for the rest of the game. That's 53.6%. That's pretty darn good when you think about it. 53.6% after a one for eight start. You, you can't argue with that. And again, for a team that's – you know, offensively has been offensively challenged a lot this year. Four guys in double figures. One of them's not Jameer Watkins, and one of them's not Jaden Dunn. Jaden Dunn, how about that? The Loach 14, John's 10. It's good to see him get back in there, and he had six boards tonight. Baldwin 19, Jackson 14. So excellent there. You know, VCU competitive on the backboard. They end up even there, although they did lose second chance points by a fair bit. I think they lost uh they lost that one by let me see here as I'm trying to trying to find it on this thing and now I'm I'm going the wrong way here. One second. I think it was like I think they lost they lost second chance pretty convincingly, which was one of the only real negatives. Yeah, they were fourteen to six against. LaSalle outscored them fourteen to six on second chance. That that's gotta be better, obviously. But this this was this was a really good offensive performance. There were just some beautiful passes again uh, from 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 Baldwin that were just you know again you you see the drive one of them to Nick Kern he drives into the sort of the high post area 
And there's plenty of guys down by the basket that could have stopped Nick Kern, but they're so concerned about Ace. And Ace just waits and waits and waits and just draws them enough to give Nick Kern that lane of the basket, slips it to him. Nick Kern lays it in. Beautiful. Uh, six points for Nick Kern, by the way, tonight. Again, gave us a jolt, although more in the second half, I think, than the first. But he really gave VCU a jolt again. I was very happy with uh, what he did tonight also. And again, you know, you'd like to see VCU blow a team like this out in the second half after struggling so much in the first half. But also at the same time, it was nice to see them recover to take the lead at halftime. You could just you could tell it kind of deflated LaSalle a little bit because they really played well in the first half and VCU didn't. And and VCU with really only three good minutes at the end of the half, as one of the guys in the thread said, and I agreed with him. And all of a sudden, you know, VCU's up at halftime when they probably should have been behind and maybe even should have been behind by a fair bit because, again, LaSalle was really good in the first half. And and that's if there's a if there's a nit to pick, that's the big one because honestly, you can't do this. You can't do this on the road because that's the thing. These bad starts have kept happening at home, and that's fine and dandy at home because you got the crowd behind you and you can get back in it. And maybe you're up against a team that's not as good. They can't do this when they go to Davidson uh, later this year. They can't do this on Wednesday when they play at Duquesne, which is going to be their first doggone road game for a month. You know they can't do this when they've got three out of four on the road later later in January after they play Davidson. You just can't do that. You've got to be ready to play. And I get and I and you know not to harp on it too much because in general, I liked a lot of what Mike Rhodes said in the post game, and I liked a lot of what Mike Rhodes did in terms of how he uh, how he rotated his players and, and the kinds of things he was doing in the game today. But I did get frustrated when I'm listening to him in the postgame saying, well, we had a really great week of practice and I thought we'd start well. And then sometimes things don't go like you, you're like it's supposed to. And it's like, coach, this is, this is three or four times that this team's been flat coming out. And, and maybe this is more excusable because it's 10 days off and you've had Christmas in that 10 days and everybody's been home with family and this and that. But if you had a great week of practice – then why didn't you come out like you were ready to play? Why were you so flat? Why, in some respects, did you look unprepared? Because early in the game, Jamar Brickus was just giving them all kinds of problems, and that's that's pretty much their best player. You got to be covering him, and it wasn't happening. And it wasn't just him scoring; he was getting he was getting stuff for other people too. Even though he only ended up, ended up with one assist, he was doing things to create lanes and opportunities for other players. Um, and they were so and and they were leaving him open and Nickelberry, you know, got off on him early. I mean, he had 13 points. It was probably like halfway through the first half, it felt like. And, you know, VCU eventually wore them down and did very well and 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 started to kind of clamp them a little bit. But god dang it. If you start like that at Davidson, who looks like they got their stuff together now, they won at Davidson and they won convincingly today, so they're two and oh. You know, if you do if you do that at Duquesne on Wednesday, if you do that at some of these other tough road places, you're you're gonna you're gonna get caught. I mean, look at look at some of these results around the conference today. Doggone Massachusetts, you know, arguably had the best non-conference of anybody in this league this year. They go up to Olean, New York, to play St. Bonaventure, and St. Bonaventure whoops them, absolutely crushes them. 
They were never in the game. So you can't get you can't start and be nine down six, seven, eight minutes into the game like you were tonight at St. Bonaventure. You're gonna get beat. And that's that's the thing that just that that that's the only thing that really bothered me on the Coach Rhodes front today was hearing that in the postgame. Cause darn it, you 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 just you cannot do that. You can't just be that flat coming out even off a 10-day break, Christmas and all that. Because I tell you what, LaSalle wasn't LaSalle had really good energy and they fought the fought all the way and some of it got a little overboard at the end. Uh, we'll we'll briefly touch on that in a minute, but oh, on it, you you've got to meet that challenge from the get go. You cannot be lethargic, and and I don't know. And I mean, it keeps happening, and it keeps happening at home. I hope to goodness we don't see it on the road. And look, you know, you got to win true road games if you're going to be a contender in this conference, and you got to win true road games so the committee can give you a fair seat if you get in the tournament. So that that that's just that was one of the things that really bothered me. Also, I mean, they had a tough start with turnovers, and then they had a long period where they hardly committed any, and that's when their offense really got going. And then they got sloppy towards the end because they had the lead. So they end up with fifteen turnovers, and I think they had ten in the second half. I only I'm going to find that second half box score, but I think they had ten at, at ten after halftime, and you know that's not great either. Um, but at least, you know, at least it's not as ridiculous as, as some of the turnover numbers they were putting up early in the season. Yeah, they had, they had 10 turnovers in the second half. You don't want to be doing that. You do not want to be doing that, not especially when you, they had a good first half. And that's one of the reasons they got back in the game. If they were turning the ball over in the first half like they normally do, huh, they could have been a huge hole against LaSalle. But they only had five turnovers in the first half, and it helped them. And that's why after a cold start, that they had that they were shooting the ball pretty well to end that half, and then it carried over into the second half. Um, also, in that second half, the two guards, Baldwin and Jackson, 22 points combined. I might have mentioned that already, but goodness, 22 points combined out of the 42 is pretty good. Pretty darn good. So that was so it was again, VCU was expected to win. It was it was a little bit worrisome the way they played in the first half. But they at least pulled away in the second half, and the only drama at the end was all that nonsense with Hassan Drame, who, again, you know, I I know he doesn't know that Baldwin's been hurt and all this other stuff. There was just no excuse for that nonsense at the end. Why are you barreling into somebody with 15 seconds left in a 14-point game? God, if, if Baldwin had seriously hurt his wrist again, oh, that could have been a problem. And And – I will give Rhodes some credit on that. Something really ugly could have happened because Jalen Deloach, unsurprisingly, had a rather big issue with Drame. And, of course, he had been battling with both of those guys, both of the Drame brothers throughout that game. I mean, it was – it was they were letting them play down there and they were knocking each other around. So, And, thankfully, Rhodes recognized that and got freaking Deloach the hell away from him before he did something he'd really regret. Thank goodness. So I was glad I was glad of that because we don't want to be losing him because of a suspension or anything like that. But Hassan Drame, that that was not kosher. I mean, Ace Baldwin's dribbling the the clock out. He's not going to do what Watkins did the other day and go in for a dunk. He's going to dribble the clock out, and the game is over. And there's just no reason to do what you did. 
and don't do that kind of stuff to anybody else either. Because again, you you could have hurt the kid. You could have hurt Ace Baldwin, and then there'd be more hell over it than a little bit. To use a famous uh, quote from Bum Phillips. So, so VCU wins. And they're one and zero in the conference, and again, starting well in this conference is so important, and it's especially important this year. Not because of how important the tournament's going to be, but because you know it's just gathering momentum, and and we see it every year. Certain teams get off to a great start, and then all of a sudden, you kind of get that confidence, and you feel like that that you're going to every time you walk out on the floor, you're going to find a way to win, and it just snow, it's just a snowball effect. So it's so crucial to win games like this early in the conference schedule and really set yourself up. And we got Duquesne on the road Wednesday. I will be not, I will not be working. So you will definitely see me uh, in the VCU good, the bad and the ugly group. And we'll do a live video in there that will coincide with the podcast, which will drop Thursday. So I'm looking forward to that. And again, first, first road game in the month. Let's see how VCU handles it, especially if, if Duquesne can get a decent crowd in there, and they won today, so they might they might have a decent crowd in there. And if VCU gets punched in the mouth early there, let's see how they're going to handle it. So that's the plan for that, January 4th. Definitely we'll be watching uh, with all of you. We'll, we'll race out of church back home to watch that game with everybody, and we'll be looking forward to that. And hopefully, you know, VCU gets that 2-0 start because then – that next five, that five game stretch that they've got coming up is is going to be some serious business. Three road games, uh, Davidson at home, UMass at home. UMass at home is all of a sudden a huge game after the way UMass played non conference schedule. So this is this is a big stretch of games following Duquesne that's coming up. A huge stretch of games, and and you got to get to two and zero and set yourself up well for that. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, as I said earlier, remember Willie Taylor's family and uh, friends and teammates and keep them in your thoughts and prayers if you are the praying kind. Um, we lost a good one there. Beast uh, you good and the bad and the ugly, join it. Uh, like I say, we, we're constantly following what's going on with our non-conference opponents, with our, with our conference brethren and what they're doing. Plus things like VCU by the numbers, which this week, because VCU plays Wednesday night, will come out Thursday morning. And then we'll be updated again Thursday night after work. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how the offensive numbers move because, you know, they got 80 tonight. And even though at times they didn't play that well, that's kind of significant for them. Didn't shoot a lot of free throws, so they'll probably take another – they might take another uh, dip in – they might take a dip in that regard because they only, only took 15 free throws tonight and only made 10 which is not a lot, but hey, whatever. They still won the game. Um, and so we'll look at that. We'll see how their turnover numbers affected. That's probably not going to move too much since they had 15. So they're probably still going to be way, way the heck down there. But uh, it's good to have this conference season going again. It was a long 10 days without VCU. And now, you know, we got conference action and things are going to start to shape up. So thank you all for listening out in podcast land. I really appreciate it. Uh, I will look forward to talking to you Thursday in podcast land. But if you're in the VCU good and the bad and the ugly, it'll be Wednesday night that we record after what will hopefully be another VCU win and a 2-0 start to conference play. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. 
We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.